Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. I hope that this March is treating you well so far. I started March off very well. I was actually at the Creatives Weekend, which is hosted by Live Life Intense. So it's intense, but it's spelled I-N-T-E-N-T-S. They're they're based out of Cape Breton, and they're amazing. Um, Lee Frazier is the guy behind that, and he has been hosting these creatives uh, creatives weekends for a couple years at least. And I've always heard about them. I've heard great things about them. And this past weekend, I got to actually take part in one and I got to speak at it and do a live podcast at it. And it was amazing. It was so much fun. I did the podcast with Lee himself. So we got to get inside his head a little bit. This guy is someone that is just, he accomplishes everything. He's nonstop. It's, it's so inspiring to watch him go because he's driven So, um, that's what this is. That's what this is. It's a live podcast that we did together at the creatives weekend. And, um, like, oh, honestly, it was very inspiring to be there. I came back physically exhausted, uh, just because I stayed up late and got up early, but, um, you, you know, and you also, you do some nice hikes and things like that during the, the stay there. But I was, uh, so while I was tired, I was so invigorated I felt mentally reset and it was just it was so inspiring really nice and it was just kind of what I needed to to kind of refocus and remember why I want to do what I do and also to be encouraged by the incredible people there and also be able to like just meet a ton of people learn about the kinds of things that they do so if that actually if you're a creative and you're listening to this like you need to check out the creatives weekend Um, Because he has a couple a year, a couple a year. I'm not too familiar, but he definitely has more than one in a year. I think the next one is in September or somewhere around there. You need to check it out because it's so inspiring. It's one of the best things that you'll ever do. Um, And I loved being able to be a part of it and being able to speak at it. And that's what this is. And that's what this podcast is. You'll be able to hear some of the background noise of the people there. Um, and just, uh, you know, Lee and I kind of sit back, we relax and we just kind of, you know, talk about whatever. And I try to kind of get into his head a little bit because, um, he's been on this podcast before. You might recognize him if you've been listening for a while. Um, but it is, he's definitely one of those people that you want to be able to have that conversation with so you can learn a little bit more of how they operate because it's definitely something that I want to be able to apply to my life. Whatever he does, that's, I want to apply that to my life. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people feel. Uh, it's hilarious too. He's funny. Uh, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. That's, that would be the proper way of describing Lee. He's doing what he's doing because he believes in what he's doing. And if you are not on board, then get out of the way because he's going to be doing what he's doing. And I got to actually stay at his place with a couple, a uh, couple other people. He's a great host and very nice to be around. So it's, it's nice because it's like very much like you, you know what you're getting and he's also going to be quite nice about it, but you know what's on his mind and, but you still feel welcome. It's a really cool balance that he's kind of struck there. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Uh, so sit back, enjoy this really fun interview that I got to do with Lee. I'll be talking to you again soon.
let us know when are you Quit dicking around there, bud. Is it recording? Do your now? job. <laughs> the theme song. Where, yeah, where's the Jeff, where's the theme song? Okay, so this is gonna be a very different thing for are you recording? You recording? I, I like to open it with Fucking hell. With a, a little bit of feedback. God damn. I got I got what where's where's the, where's the comment? Okay, so this is gonna be a very different thing for both of us. I yes. well actually not both of us, I mean one of us. Because I've never done a live one. I've done multiple podcasts. Hey Dickies, quit talking. <laughs> Dickies. You're gonna uh, you're gonna get a different side of me because I'm doing a podcast now. So I just basically just like I act myself. I'm not. I'm not the. This this is not the business person Lee that runs Live Life Intense. This is just me being myself, and that's kind of how I approach doing a lot of stuff with Ruth, a lot of podcasts. We just be open about everything and be honest. Um, so she's gonna ask me a bunch of questions. I have no idea, and I'm probably gonna just answer them the way. That I would if you were hanging out with me and you were my best friend. So that's kind of how I approach everything. It's just basically like I answer questions. There's no ego. There might be a little ego involved. I have no idea. I'm very whatever, you know. I just answer it the way I'm going to answer them. So it's the way she fucking goes. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the way she fucking so, goes. So, uh, yeah. So that's we're so Ruth yeah. runs a podcast and we forgot to put it up on the screen. It's called Optimistically Pre De Fuck me. Optimistically, optimistically depressed. depressed. Yes. So Ruth, you, I'm doing your podcast now. You just do your podcast. I know. It's because Lee has a kind of personality <clears throat> that just kind of takes charge. So I was actually talking with Lee outside, and I'm going to share this with all of you. The, the truth that, like, you know, since I didn't really have much of a fatherly presence in my life, I, you know, have daddy issues. And there are certain people that, like, so there, there's that kind of, like, tendency to not necessarily feel, like, safe, you know, that, like, that safety. You know what I'm talking about. Who are you talking to? Lee, you know what I'm talking about. Sort of. Okay. So we were talking about it outside. Mm -hmm. Like, Lee yeah. kind of has that kind of personality that kind of helps that, like, that kind of gives that, like, I've got things under control, like, things are safe here, we're okay, kind of thing. Right? We all know that, because we've been to these creatives weekends, Lee puts these on, and it's this, it's this like, really great, <laughs> rugged kind of safety that's going on. I mean... The first thing that Lee said when he stepped out of his bedroom this morning was, fuck. fuck. <laughs> and it's just like, and that's, that's Lee. You know, like, it, there's, uh. there's not much beyond, like, there's not much. <laughs> you know, like, there's not many layers. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's that, like, it, it appears to me. Oh shit, this is going in such the wrong direction. No, keep going, keep, keep going. Okay. You're good. I'm just laughing because I'm just I'm picturing the moment of this morning when I It was up. hilarious. His yeah. hair was in disarray. I woke up. I, I, okay, we'll put it in context. Okay. I, I'll put it in context. Yeah. I woke up like this on my bed, <laughs> legs crossed, shirt, the jacket I had on, the red jacket. That was everything was on like this in my bed <laughs> with my hat on and everything, and I had this turtleneck. And the turtleneck was suffocating me, <laughs> and uh, it was very hot in my room because I have 
thing cranked for some reason, and I just was like a little bit hungover, but not really that hungover, and <laughs> I was just like, fuck. <laughs> and so it's just like that, like that genuine feeling that you have, like you're just gonna kind of share with everybody. Like, there's not. I'm, I think that anyone, one of us who have had like an interaction with Lee, <clears throat> it's kind of like you, you know where you stand, you know what kind of guy Lee is. And it's something that you can really trust. And so he works really hard. He puts on these, these kinds of weekends. He has these businesses that he runs. He has these ideas that he comes up with. And he's just like, I'm going to make that happen. And I know that for me personally, and I think that this is something that like all of us can kind of relate to, is that you, want, you look at people like this, and you're just like, that's what I want. And you need to like get into like what's the mindset of this the kind of person that makes these things happen and that does it in a way that it's like this is who I am I'm doing what I'm doing we're all going to have an understanding here right like like we're not going to have any kind of like there's no beating around the bush we're not going to have any guessing games like this is what I'm here to do and you better believe that when I say I'm going to do it it's going to happen. And it is something that's rare. And, and I think that it's something that is very necessary. It's needed. And it's something that we all want to be, right? Yes. It's definitely something that I want to be. We'll give you context. And we were talking about this outside. So <clears throat> my dad who was here before, right? So my dad was doing the burgers. And my mom was here. And my brother's helping out for the weekend. Um, we grew up. So my dad basically... His father died when he was like 13, so he started, took over the family business. And when he was, quit school when he was 13, went to trade school, because he didn't need a GED back then. Hmm. 70s, I think? I don't know, 70s, something like that. Hmm. Anyways, so he ran the family business, and then through us growing up, they always instilled basically like you can do whatever you want to do as long as you work hard. A lot of my family didn't ever finish high school, and so I saw that really early on, and they just worked their asses off, like would work all day, would work, leave the house at four in the morning, work all day, come back have dinner and then drive us to hockey for like, you know, till like nine, 10 o'clock at night, then move back home and then wake up at four o'clock the next morning and keep going the next day and work seven days a week all the time. So then he always instilled that in us. So I just saw that at an early age and if you talk to, so Isaac that actually, Isaac that was working here that's like helping out with this, he is my old physics and advanced math teacher's uh, son. And we've had a conversation because he runs our Cabot Trail Relay team. And he's like, I knew at like when you were in grade eight that you were not going to university because you told me that point blank. Like, I'm not going to university. I'm getting the fuck out of high school. And I'm going to do my own thing. Because I saw that early on growing up. So all you needed was work, work ethic and the ability to do whatever you wanted to do. And just the know-how and like ability to say, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to do it. So that's kind of how I approach pretty much everything, to be honest with you. Okay, so like for me... When it's kind of like that mentality of like, okay, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, where do you start? Just with that inspiration. Okay, what's the next step? Acting on it. But, okay, but that's what gets me. It's common sense to me. I know, and that's what's so... You have an so, idea, you I, just fucking act on it. Yes, that's what's so frustrating. Because it's just like, yeah, you, you just do it. Like, you, you, well, you're just you, like, okay, oh, this we'll is common this sense. Way. It's not. When you're going to take a piss or shit... <laughs> what do you do? Go take up his or shit. Like, fuck, it's the same goddamn thing you can apply to life. But, okay, so it's like you have this thing in mind. You want to do this. 
So then who is it that you contact first? Nobody. You just do it yourself. You figure it out. That, okay, this is so vague. <laughs> what do you mean it's so vague? Don't do this to me. Like. So, okay, so the, okay, so this event. So, for instance, the cab, not cab show, relay. We're not running the relay. <laughs> for those of you that want to run the relay, we get a couple spots in our team if you want to join. It sucks, but you'll love it in the end. <laughs> Anyways, the, uh, so this event, right? So this event, I had an idea in my head uh, because I got inspired by your husband, Sean. Then he did these McNabb Island meets, Instagram meets. And Instagram was very um, low-key back then. It was very new. And that was around the time I met Bernie because we were doing club nights and we were promoting club shows. And I was DJing a lot of late nights, a lot of craziness. And um, anyways, I approached Sean and I said, you know, hey, we're going to do this in the island. I'm going to do a big one. Do you think it would sell in Cape Breton? As soon as he said yes... I'm like, done. We're doing it in Marguerite. We're doing like three days. We're going to build a campground. We're going to do all this stuff. And then I just started figuring it out. Then I would revert back to contacting him about these events. But pretty much, I just did it everything myself. That was it. You just figure it out. Because you, you, you learn after a while that of doing things and of, of implementing things and of trying and trying and trying and failing and trying, that you can actually execute on a lot of stuff that you don't think you can actually execute on. So you can actually push yourself to do things and organize it. Like this event, uh, this event, I know Adam, wherever Adam's at, he's gone. Uh, he offered to help out on this so much for this event, and I told him to beat it, because I was going to, I pretty much organized this entire event by myself in my kitchen, and at Wes's house when I was editing the documentary, and at the studio with Bernie. <laughs> he heard me on the phone because the studio is an open concept like this. You can hear everything you fucking say to people. <laughs> so I was literally on the phone to people in the middle of editing this documentary, talking about all the stuff going on with this, this, this documentary, um, or this event, sorry. So it's just basically having an idea and just executing on it and just working on it. And if you need help, you can ask for help. But that's the issue with me. I just don't never ask for help. I just think I want to push myself to beyond the limits of what I actually think that I can hit and then keep pushing further. So you just try to hit, like you think you don't, can't control this event, you can't organize this event, and you need all this help. Well, I'm going to try to do as much myself as humanly possible. And then at one point I go, okay, well, maybe I need some help. And then I just try pushing past that. And then at some point, I'll, this one I actually asked for help. So that's why my dad's here. But, you know, I organized this entire thing by myself in pretty much my kitchen. Okay, so then is it like uh, you like approach... So you have this event, you lay it all out, you understand what it is that yeah. needs to happen in order for this event to be pulled off. So it's like you have this ability to really break things down. Yeah, and but it comes with experience. Step. It comes with experience because I've done things. So for people that don't know my history, I grew up doing DJing uh, events around here. I used to throw teen dances in a hall down the road. And I was 13 years old. I was in high school. I wanted to become a DJ. And then I saw my friends were DJs. They were playing these like literally like you burn fucking CDs and it's like one, two, three and you have the list and you have two CD players and you have this little two-channel mixer and they're playing teen dances and like all the sports events and shit and playing like that was like back in the day ludicrous and all this bullshit. It's horrible music. <laughs> Great music. Horrible music. Whatever. Um, so anyway, so they were playing that and I wanted to become that. So we started DJing and my friends bought gear and then we were DJing for like uh, student unions and, um, and youth clubs. But they were making the money. So I was sitting there at the venue going, we got 500 people in here paying $5 a head, and we're getting paid 100 bucks a night, and we've got $10,000 a gear. Like, fuck this shit. I was just going to organize it all myself. So then I started calling around all the halls, 
and organizing all the events and calling them booking bouncers. And we were like 13, 14 years old, going to Sydney every other weekend with like thousands of dollars and $5 bills in our pocket, going to like the Chinese food restaurant, going to the theater, and we have cash. And they thought we were drug dealers because we're like walking <laughs> in with $10 and $5 bills. Like that's what I did when I was a kid. And then it came from doing that. And, and f- but I would do events and fail and lose like thousands of dollars when I was a little kid. <laughs> and then trying to figure out how to scramble to make that money back to pay it off. But all over the time, I've done events. And then it had become ex- escalated to doing concert tours. And then we did like, you know, five to 10,000 person venues. My business partner was the guy that brought um, Dead Mouse to Halifax when they did the comments, if you guys are from Halifax, that broke all attendance records. So 60,000 person fucking concert. I was offshore. <laughs> I was offshore in a, in a chamber at that point. But um, yeah, so Bill was there, and he was my business partner, my best friend for, for like 10 years, and he's still my best friend. I was in his wedding party. But you know, we did events, and then it, all this stuff has accumulated. Like all the shit to do with Live Like Tens and all this stuff to do with this event is all a c- accumulation of stuff I've learned along the way. You know, that actually makes me think of this study that I read where it's like. Uh, these uh, students were told by their professor to make a perfect uh, vase. And so they were divided into two groups, and one group was assigned to design the vase, like you needed to make all the plans, and make you could only make one vase. And then the other group was told to just basically make as many vases as they could as quickly as they could. So naturally, like, so in the end, the people that like made up the whole like perfect idea and plan for how to make the perfect vase made this vase and it was nice but it wasn't as nice as the peop- as the group that made as many vases as they could because they would start that first vase it would you know be a piece of shit they would go put it to the side they'd learn from the mis- the mistakes that they made and they'd make the next one they'd learn from the mistakes and they kept going and learning from the mistakes and learning how to make a better vase and so then by the end they were making the best vases because they understood how it actually went all the mistakes that they made and they learned from it so it sounds like it's like so for you you started and you were just kind of like I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure out how to do this, and then with the things that don't work, I'm going to learn from that. And instead of taking it as like a hit to the ego, it it's more just like ego. yeah, it was. But you know, okay, well what? It was, okay, but you know, you know I'm trying but, but to build you up a little bit. I know, here. I know, but there is that. There's that side of it, right? So you got two sides. You get that side that is like, yeah, you want to hone your skill and blah 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 and burn it. But then there's also beauty in the fact that you just try to do something completely different. There's a whole, there's two spectrums to it. There's like, yes, I, I try and try and try. But then there's also like, sometimes you can just do it and then have a perfect experience from just actually doing it somehow. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no. like beauty in doing something that you're not familiar with, that just like taking the chance and doing it. Instead of me doing events all the time, there might be somebody that, so I do events for 10 years. There might be somebody that has this fucking idea to do an event, like say this weekend. Mm-hmm. and just does it, and then that is, like, a, an amazing experience. And they've honed it out of one experience, just from, like, they didn't, might not even have the thought of doing it. They might have just, like, had it on a whim, like, hey, it'd be cool to do this goddamn, like, creative retreat in fucking Cape Breton Island on this, like, mountainside, and then said, hey, I'm going to contact this person, and then contacted them about this venue, and then did it here, and then it was this amazing experience out of their first time. There's two different ideas, but, yeah, you can... Good way is boiling down takes time, but there's also like beauty in the fact that you can take a risk and potentially do something that's amazing. 
Okay, so it's kind of trusting that it can go either way, and either way is going to be something, either you have a lot to learn from it and you can do better next yeah. time, or it's going to turn out how you had hoped yeah, that it would turn out. Well, I mean, and then also the, like, the true way of doing it is also like, you know, failing, doing it, failing, doing it, failing, adjusting, fixing what's best. I think we chatted right here, Bernie, you and I, yeah, we were just chatting about it, right? So we're chatting about the, the, this, this weekend. So this weekend was completely different, and Bernie was mentioning that, and for all of you that have attended past weekends, it's probably completely fucking different than any other weekend that we've ever done. Like, honestly, like, absolutely ridiculous. We're not tending in a tent with nobody knowing what the fuck they're doing at my place and cooking breakfast, like, on some sloppy hot plates, fucking scrambling eggs, and they're half-cooked, and some bacon that's, like, floppy and wet, and, like, throwing them on, like, a piece of bread. Right? <laughs> Adam, so, so Adam, if Adam listens to this... Adam, I'm very sorry for saying this. But that, that's basically, like, the takeaway that I had from the last one. I was just kind of, like, for, and then to be, like, put the slate clean and talk to everybody at the same time, right? So the last one, I was, like, kind of... We started them, and I was just not, like... It, and if people that attended last one know what I'm talking about, it's kind of, like, a little bit of a shit show. And I kind of went away from it, and I said, okay, we've got to restructure it. If this is going to go anywhere, so you've got to change and adjust based on this. And then... I had this. I always had this idea of doing from the start, from the very fucking start, probably from the time I talked to Sanjay when him and Bernie came by my place, literally like two weeks after I did, excuse me, I did the first one in 2000, shit, 18? Yeah, June 2018. So I did the very first one then when we opened our campground, and then they came by the place, and I was like, what, if, what you know, it would be crazy to do this thing where we do this like retreat, and there's workshops, and it's like, clients there and there's people here and like you can build clients and network and like potentially build business business relationship off it and that kind of like was always there I just ended up not having time I was offshore and then we ended up with the last one the October one it's kind of not happy with it and then I just said okay fuck this we're going to take a risk and we're going to change the entire event and then we're going to do this one so then we did this one and I understand that there's issues to work through there's yes we're in this venue it's not the best. We've got fucking like dorm accommodations, but you know that that also adds like a benefit to it because I like putting people in those situations where that's uncomfortable, that's pushing beyond their comfort barrier, that they have to be forced to get out of their comfort zone to not only network with people but also like push themselves personally. Um, also with the hikes as well. I mean, I know people pushed their hikes yesterday. Where's uh, where's Ryan? <laughs> There he is, right there. It was, still, it was like a six standing. out of ten. Come on, come on. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But I, I, that, and then also, like, I know, I, I understand. Like, like, it's not like, don't feel that you have to, like, hide shit. Like, I want to build these events in the best possible event. So if there's some shit that pisses you off, then fucking tell me. I'm not going to get offended. I'm pretty much, like, straight up about everything. Like, if you understand today, so, the snowmobile and shit, I understand. We segregated back and forth. I had some shit to deal with, with some sponsors that we had to make sure that they were covered. So that's why we had to allocate people to one zone. And we kind of, it, I understand that it's a shift of people back and forth. And then it felt like people were off one and everybody was on another. Yes, I understand. So we'll move and adjust for the next one. But that's kind of just how shit is. Yes, you can do it in a perfect event and do it the first time, or you can just keep moving and keep adjusting. 
and not be not do an event and take like I want if anybody came to me and said, Hey Lee, I was pissed off I didn't go out in the fucking snowmobile in the Highlands. We never ended up going anyways, but you know, I was pissed off. I go, okay, cool. I understand. Yes, we'll adjust and move for the next one. It's kind of like how I always work. Pick something and then pick something and then try to improve on it and, and fine-tune it. That's how I've done everything with Live Life Dance. That's how I've done everything with tubing. But the first year, I literally... So for those of you that don't know what we do, we do tubing on the river. I say lazy river tubing. The first year was not lazy goddamn river tubing. It was like a fucking flood that came through and I whacked people in the river because I grew up on the river and I grew up paddling and I have a very disassociated, as you can tell by the hike, that hike was basically, so, so to be 100% honest, that hike was literally like a walk, I walk to the co-op and buy fucking coffee and then walk home. Coffee! Like, that is, is, is like pretty easy for me. So I was just like, oh, everybody thinks it's easy. Not everybody thinks it's easy. Same deal with tubing. Tubing, the first year we did it, was literally a fucking flood and there was like trees hanging off the side and I was like, oh yeah, people will figure it out. And we get to the bottom and people are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like they're flipping everywhere. They're like paddling all over the place. And I'm like, oh, well, it's pretty basic. You see the tree coming, you paddle away from the tree. <laughs> no, people just, they're like, oh, we're on the river. We're going to drink some beer and we're going to hang out. No, they fucking flipped. Phones went in the water. Like it was a <laughs> fucking shit show. So then, then I'm like, and I look at my brother, who is here, who is, if anybody drove, you guys drove around Liam. Liam's a little bit more apprehensive about people's limitations. And like, he's like, maybe we shouldn't have put that family of four on the river uh, during a hurricane. I'm like, ah, I figure they figure it out. But that's kind of how I operate. So yeah, we, we adjusted, we changed, and we're like, okay, we'll move down. And then we'll, maybe in the spring when the freshets come through, we'll clean out all the trees that are overhanging off the river. Maybe that might be a good idea so that people don't get fucking <laughs> I like that you hit the mic so that it made it a special sound effect. I hope that wasn't too much of a rant, but you know. No, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I know that for like I know that for myself, if someone like I, I am working on like just like if someone comes up and they have a different opinion about how something went, it's kind of like, okay, like yeah, we're all entitled to our own opinion and it is something that I can actually learn from. But it is also kind of like, it is, it hurts, right? Because like, you're thinking, this is something that I really worked hard on and I wanted to be able to connect with people and, and that didn't happen or I wanted to be able to make this experience for someone yeah. and that didn't happen. So in uh, you're saying that you don't, like it's not personal, like how do you make that separation? Because like you obviously have emotions. Where do, you, where do those go? Well, how do course, you take care of them? Of course, of course it hurts a bit. So it does it, hurt. Well, okay, so if, if I, yeah. So how many times did I say talking to you that like if people say oh, people's opinions don't hurt me I'm like it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Every a time lot. we talk, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. But then you just learn how to deal with it. It's how you deal with that after the fact. Are you gonna like let it dwell on you and then go and cry and fucking like sit in a bathtub or fucking whatever? Or I've like, done that. I've done it too. Okay. Don't <laughs> But it's how you deal with that shit after, after the fact. After somebody says it to you, how do you deal with it? For me, I just kind of like switched it. And I'm like, okay, well, if somebody says something to me like, hey, you're an idiot. You can't be doing it this way. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to prove you wrong. And that's kind of how I flipped it around. So I do it out of spite. <laughs> yeah. So I did So basically, 
Okay, well, one, so I did uh, the recent, like, recent podcast I did was with a guy, Connor Damone, who Jimmy knows. Um, he's guiding with Jimmy this year. And Connor's dad was actually the liquor inspector when I was doing events in Anaganish. And I didn't think he knew who I was until the summer. Connor was at my place drinking beer, and we're hanging out in the deck. And he goes, yeah, I was fishing with my dad the other day. And he was like, tell me all the stories about you. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't think... Your dad? Who's your dad? And he's like, oh, he was the liquor inspector in Anaganish at Piper's Pub. So I did events for like seven years at Piper's, ran Fridays. It was called After Dark Fridays. It was a fucking shit show. It was a mayhem uh, booze fest. I had basically like artists that I, I had, we managed and we had, we had done events with. And we, like, I had my own night. My, Neon Dreams had their own night. And TK, OK TK, Playboy back then. Had his own night, and then we had uh, my buddy Deza had his own night. So we just uh, rotated all weeks, and I had an apartment there. It was a sh- crazy time. That was just like cash money for partying is all that made. And we'd make like 5000 in a week cash. i pay the guys. that would go into a kitty, and we'd just pay for like partying. Basically, that's what that event did. But Connor's dad was the liquor inspector, and we did events there. And he would try to tell us what we can and cannot do. And then I would go home and look up regulations. And I'd be like, no, actually, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then we were the first people in Atlanta, Canada to start using cryo, uh, CO2 guns, which if anybody knows events, CO2 is like a compressed gas that comes out as like a smoke. So instead of doing smoke machines, you use this like, it's like all over the crowd. You use like pressure washer guns. We're the first people to use them. And we'd be like hanging off the fucking rafters at Pipers, like spraying people and like crowd surfing and doing all this crazy shit. And he came up and he said, you can't use compressed gas in the venue. And I went home and I grabbed my fucking diving ticket and I came over and I was like, no, actually, I'm like trained to work with compressed gas. And I look up all the regulations and I like sectioned off the whole area and put like tape and like all this stuff so that it was actually up to code and then he couldn't say anything to us. So I basically just like used his own shit on him and then said, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, hey, you guys can't drink behind stage. And I'm like, Actually, we're not an employee of the venue. I'm an employee of myself, and our policies say the DJs can't drink. Like, whatever they told me, I just went out and, like, flipped it around and tried to do it my own way. So you're a master of finding the loophole. Not really. I just was like, anybody pissed me off, I would just do the complete opposite and try to prove them wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much the way I always operated. My mom, who was here before, I was telling this story on, I don't know where, I think on a podcast I did recently, when I was in high school, uh, they wouldn't let me go out all the time, so I just stuck out, and I just kept doing stealing a car and like like put it in neutral, and move it down the road, and then get in and jump it, and jump start it, and drive away, and go party all night, and then come back. So I, I snuck out forever and ever and ever and ever. And then we did this prom. I was probably in grade nine, grade ten. My mom <laughs> pulled me aside the next day, and she goes, "You're fucking grounded." I'm like, "What do you mean?" Well, you snuck out. I'm like, how do you know we snuck out? Well, my friend Kyle had this white shirt, right? So we're at prom. We went, they let us go to this dance. We went to the prom party for like 30 minutes. They picked us up. They're like, they live next door. We snuck out. <clears throat> we were running through the woods, and he had this white shirt, so his foot had this like mud pattern up the back of the shirt. And then when he was walking to use the washroom the next morning, my mom looked at the shirt, and she's like, those fucking assholes snuck out. So then she pulled me aside. But then what I did at that one, I just like said, yeah, you want to ground me? I'll jump on the four-wheeler and I'll bomb down the road. And I jumped on the four-wheeler and left for two days, basically. <laughs> so that's basically how I was as a kid. So 
to reel it, I don't even know where I was going with that. To reel it back, I'm just kind of like, anybody that says anything that you can't do, it just uses it as fuel to do whatever I wanted to do. So the same deal with this event, right? Uh, I worked hard like a motherfucker to try to get the drone permits for the park. Because I'll admit right now that I, that was the one thing that I overlooked this whole time. Because normally, I use Adam, uh, who, who a lot of people here know Adam Young, who works for Parks Canada. He's the guy that, that does all the drone permits for us. So normally, he, from past ones, especially the June, if anybody was at the June one, one day, I just sent a form into him, done, approved, we got everything to do it, right? So I forgot he was on tour. So he emailed me back, he was on tour to contact this person. Uh, I called Adam Hill, Adam said, hey, I'm going to look into it, I know the person, so I'll call him. He texted me the next, this is Wednesday morning, text me, and he goes, I don't think we're getting drone permits for the weekend. I go, fuck that. Five minutes later, email came over. It said, me and Adam, they're like blanket drone permits. That's why everybody came with me to the park. They're like, you can be like the person to, um, you can be like kind of like our representative and stuff. Adam wasn't comfortable with it. I was comfortable. I'm not trying to throw Adam under the bus. It is what it is. But that's kind of like, you know, somebody telling me I can't do something. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to get it done. So it comes from this, just like you have this drive, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Someone tells you that you can't do it. Like, cause I know that like for myself, there's this mental block that happens a lot. If someone tells me I can't do something, I kind of have this trust that they know better. Don't so. ever take no for an answer. Fuck that. Ever take <laughs> no for an answer. For, no. Okay, yeah, let's applaud that for, yeah, like. No, just fucking work for it. You want it, get it. Don't, don't, the, the thing, it's like, it's like when people told me, like, when I was, uh, so, and, and this is not, it might come off as an ego thing, but I'm just talking about, like, for instance, I did diving before this, I did offshore diving, so people told me when I got into it, they're like, don't do it, it's a piece of shit industry, it's, like, very, like, fluctuate, it fluctuates, uh, like, it be, might be busy, it might be slow, it's a very high turnover rate, and I said, oh, fuck that, I'm gonna do it, that's what I wanna do, I'm gonna do it, so then I said yes to every goddamn job that came my way, and if it was, like, so like I, to be honest, I was swimming in the sewers of Halifax. I was swimming in like Windsor in the sewage tanks in fucking Windsor. With we go down there and there was like contamination suits, but they forgot the contamination gloves. So I'm like duct taping fucking like rubber gloves under my hand to go down in like sewage tanks that like block like uh, overflow valves and shit like this. Like I did all this shitty work just to try to get experience to try to do whatever I wanted to do. Because I wanted to get to a certain point, so I did whatever the fuck I needed to do to get to that point. Okay, just side note, or side question. I don't have any diseases. <laughs> don't worry about it. I didn't get, it was just in my hands. There's no open cuts. So it's okay that if one of us like wants to share a drink or something, we're, we're yeah, okay? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we've been sharing <laughs> drinks all night. Hey, Bernie? We've been on the same, same drink all night. And how did you not throw up? <clears throat> there? Yeah. I have no idea. You're like sewage. Yeah, like actual like, like shit in a tank. And like, <laughs> have you ever been to the, the, the Windsor? It's a pretty good tourist attraction. You just go down there. There's a bunch of fucking holes in the ground, and it's different levels of sewage treatment. Yeah, Halifax, the old sewer sip in front of the, the, the casino. God damn, that's disgusting. <laughs> Fuck, that's horrible. But I did it because that was a way of me getting in with somebody that, you know, Whatever. So it's this ability to recognize what needs to be done in order to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Just don't yeah. everybody, if you want to get somewhere, just don't let anything in your path. Just fucking go for it.
And if there's a roadblock, there's always a way around it. There was a quote that I was like, I've read recently, well, probably in the last year. Every problem has a solution. So when you start like having an issue that is, it, you're starting to get like stressed about it or have anxiety about it, there's always a solution to that issue. You just take everything as a, as a problem that needs to be solved, there's always a solution to it. It's just how you solve it, figuring out how to solve it. Nothing is unsolvable. Your drive is like, it, like it is an inspiration. Uh, every time I'm around you, like I feel very, <laughs> I know. I, I, get unco- I, I get uncomfortable doing this because you tell me all this stuff and I get uncomfortable when people tell me all that stuff. Because I don't feel the same way, but you know, the way she goes. But that's me being honest. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. But honestly, uh, whenever I hang out with you, I leave feeling really inspired and like uh, energized to do what I, what I want to do because it helps give that hope. And I think that's a huge thing. It's like you just kind of always need to have that hope to accomplish what you really believe is important. So uh, I think this is a good time to open up the floor. Uh, anyone who might have some questions or comments, something that they want to contribute to the conversation, if you want to step forward and do that, cool. this would be the, questions? the time to Any do questions? That. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel like... Those two are giggling in the back. What is this? Um, poop jokes. Is that, is that all we got? Really? Yeah, poop jokes? I mean, like, be like at least one. Fuck, now you're making me feel like a piece of shit for being up here. <laughs> Bernie. No, it's just a piece of shit. See, this whole interaction, this right here, this is what I wanted to get out of the weekend. That's all my whole goal was to like intermingle people together. That's all it was about. It's about networking and socializing and having fun and hanging out and developing relationships and developing fun and having fun with people. Like, I know Friday was a little stiff. Everybody's like, what the fuck's going on? I was sleeping in this goddamn, like, loft up here. Everybody's drinking. Bernie can't leave because Lee's trying to get him the fuck out of here until, like, 2 in the morning. Like, I understand, Ryan. You're trying to sleep, right? Bernie was here. And trust me, I felt it, too, because I was trying to get him out of here for two hours, got out of here, Called me an hour later as I was like sitting there, being like ready to sleep, and he's like, "Can you come and pick me up?" You know what he did at four in the morning? Knock on my door and say, "Can you give me a drive back over to the venue?" I was like, "Motherfucker, I just want to sleep." And he was so perky about it; it just made me really angry. But we have a question out in the back there. Yeah, I have a question for Lee. Yes, Go for it. Okay, like, so what, I'm going to repeat that question just for so it's in the recording. Oh, shit, yeah, so, we had the mic over there, but we didn't tell everybody. So anyways, yeah, say it. So uh, so she asked, what's the why for what you do? That was a hiccup. That was an adjust. That's like a fix. Now we adjust for the next thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, why? Uh, I want to have, so, so in what, like in the context of like this or live like intense or like, like your, the whole your thing? Life. For your life, okay, yes. Let's. What's the why? What's the why for your life? Actually, that's okay, a really so, good question. So basically, yeah. But like seriously, said, because like you have like nights where yeah. Bernie keeps you up until two in the morning and then wakes you up at four. Yeah, but nobody else. So who else the fuck else is going to get up and do this shit? Well, that's the thing. But, like, so yeah. basically, what I said earlier, Dad grow. So Dad quit school. So the biggest thing for me is is the fact that my dad quit school when he was like 13, 14, whatever. That it was that age. So his dad literally took a heart attack on the, the hill above my grandmother's house. <clears throat> so he quit school, started running the business. He's been working there ever since. He still works there. So he worked, like I said, all day. And then he's here barbecuing today. 
uh, and this is just, I don't know, what's today? Is today Sunday or Monday? Uh, Sunday. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> um, anyway, so I grew up with that, and I saw that my dad is insanely uh, creative, and then he would always inspire me to do things. So I saw that, that he was, like, kind of stumped at doing all the creativity stuff. So he had to, out of necessity, because he had a young family, all that, so he had four kids by the time he was, like, 21, 22, a family business, forestry. There was like 200 people that worked for my grandmother. So he was like kind of managing all that for him or for her, sorry. So he'd done that and that was his life. So he didn't really get to do anything else since he was a kid. So I wanted to do something completely different and I always wanted to have fun. So when we were kids, he did this Boy Scout shit, pulled me out of beavers, whacked the backpack on my back. And I always thought like growing up, I'm like, It'd be cool to be able to do something in the outdoors. I really enjoy it. There's always, like, every time I'd live and I'd be working away and I'd go back and I'd be, like, in the middle of, like, the wilderness up in northern Marguerite River area, Paltz Cove, whatever, there'd be, like, this stillness. I'm like, fuck, it'd be amazing to do something in that aspect. Also, I was always, like, in the creative realm as far as, like, not so much the shit that's going on right now for videography, but more so music because I DJed and I produced dance music for, for a while. If you want to go to Spotify, you can look at my name. I'm on Spotify. Um, <laughs> plug. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was kind of like I wanted to do something fun, and I wanted to have fun doing something. Um, when I was younger, I just got caught up in making money, and that was the biggest thing in my life. When I was in high school, I was like, I am never going to university. I fucking hate university. University is shit. University is for suckers. I'm going to fucking <laughs> do my own thing, and I'm going to make fucking money. So... I just put it that way, I had a lot of ego when I was in like 1920s era. So what I did was chase money, which ended up being diving. And then I went offshore and I started making really good money and like absolutely fucking ridiculous money. And then I would come back and I was at one point, and this is, this is not me bragging, this is me just being 100% honest. <clears throat> I was driving like this, and it wasn't, trust me, I was like not the high-end Porsche, but I was riding a Porsche convertible. I drove straight to the fucking school, and I parked right out front of the principal's office. That was my principal when I was in high school, and I had the top down, I was wearing flip-flops, and I had a tank top on, and I was like fucking sunglasses and a backwards hat, and I just walked into high school, and I started walking in and chatting to people just as a fucking thing, just to prove to those fucking assholes that I, well, not assholes, I shouldn't say assholes, but to prove to the teachers... <laughs> That I could do whatever I said Assholes, they, they couldn't do. And okay. so that's, that's what was it. It was just like I was like trying to do prove that. But through that process, it was kind of like I got there and I was like, so if you're talking like industries, diving industries, I got to the top of the diving industry and very quickly because I said yes to a lot of shit and I did a lot of shitty jobs and I just made contacts through uh, politics and just up, 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 and up. And then got a full-time contract with this job, a uh, company at the North Sea, Made really good money, and I got there, and I ended up being at this this event in uh, St. Martin, and I was at a party. It was a festival. Friends of mine were throwing in, in St. Martin, and I was there, and I was at this villa. It was like twenty five thousand U.S. for the week for this fucking villa. They had chefs, they had all this shit. He like it was like a villa, a place like this. And he's like the kitchen, whatever you wanted. The kitchen is yours, and it's stacked like literally cases of Dom Perignon, like fucking to the ceiling. And he's like, whatever you want of that, it's yours. It'll be replaced tomorrow. Like, the, the bowl on the table was full of fucking drugs. It's like, whatever you want, it's yours. You can party till the sun comes up. That's all yours. It'll be replaced tomorrow. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, where am I at? 
And it's just like that whole process, I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, just this villa alone is what people at home, like people that I grew up with, people that worked with my dad making a year, like annually making a year. Like this is absolutely ridiculous, this is fucking crazy. So then I started having like this gut check and I started like realizing that that wasn't what it was all about and maybe I was chasing the wrong things. And then, then eventually I came home and eventually I like kind of like bought a house here and then it just, I was like, had this plan when I was 25 that by the time I was 30, I was going to make my segue out of the diving industry. And when I turned 30, it just so happened that the oil industry dropped off. Like out west, everybody you guys probably knew that worked in Alberta like four or five years ago, moved back home. <clears throat> I uh, basically stopped and I took a year off and started working on the house. And then the house happened and I kind of liked it. I was like, I've never been in the same spot prior to that for 10 years. I lived out of a bag pretty much. I had a condo or an, or an apartment, and I never, I was, I worked offshore for most of the year. So I was on a boat fucking in the Mediterranean, North Sea, and Gulf of Mexico. I was all over the place. And so I never had one solid spot. And then when I come back, I would just party and drink for like weeks straight. I would go straight from the airport to the bar and party and DJ and have fun. And then I came back here and I kind of liked it. And then I started doing adventure stuff. And then it just kind of so happened that I got back accustomed to doing all this stuff. And then that's kind of the why <laughs> behind everything, basically. <laughs> I went on a rant around. there. So that was, that was basically, the why was, fuck me, wow, I went on a big rant. <laughs> but that was kind of like the backstory. So I, I, I like, that, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I go on rants sometimes. But that was, uh, that's, that is, uh, the, so, so for you that, yeah, that is the honest history of how everything got started, to be honest with you, and like the wise dad, and then I enjoyed being outside, and enjoyed giving experiences, I realized that I liked, in, I liked giving people experiences, and then I started building upon that, and then everything that came along, like what Sanjay said, like it's all this network and matrix of people that you fucking know, from making that one decision to say, fuck it, I'm taking a year off to move home, to doing this. Then I end up doing the very first kind of pseudo creative weekend that Bernie talked about yesterday, which was five people in my house, gutted. It was Wes. The first time I met Wes, I went to a meet. I've met Bernie because I knew him from club photography. We sat down at a venue, uh, Cabin Coffee in Halifax. Cabin Coffee. Yeah, with Sean's. So it would be Ruth's sister-in-law, uh, Lindsay. Uh, Jesse, who used to work with Wes, with Canopy, or still does, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and nobody knows. <laughs> no we knows. sat down in a restaurant, and they go, Wes is not going to be here today because he's portaging a canoe over some fucking lake outside Halifax. I was like, well, that's the guy I want to meet. And the next thing, he walks in, and then we were like, we're going to Cape Breton. So I hosted him in Cape Breton. I was hosting the Craves Weekend. I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is so much fun. And then that kind of escalated into all this shit that's happened now. Now we're sitting in this venue that's fucking ridiculous. And now I'm like meeting every, all of you guys. And we've got amazing sponsors on board. And uh, I mean, people might listen to this podcast, but it's crazy that these events that I've pitched to so many fucking sponsors for two years are now calling us trying to get on board to do stuff because they want to get into this industry. And it's like, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So that whole journey is fucking absolutely wild to me that all of these connections that I've made just from making that one decision to like, hey, maybe I want to do this, do a live life intense. It's like, that's, this is what happened out of it. Like we're here, hanging out. 
<laughs> fucking taking photos and hiking in the highlands and, and sharing stories and doing all this other stuff. And that's kind of like the whole point behind everything. And everybody stare at Sanjay for taking a shot of vodka right now. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, ran, I rant a lot, so I'm very sorry about that, but I hope you guys get some... I, I have no idea. Anyways, I just... Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. No. <laughs> I think that's like the natural end to all of this. It feels pretty, yeah, pretty good. conclusive. Sick. Good. <laughs> Me so, ran for like 25 minutes and then like everybody wheel it back. But now you guys always got the real story. Because I like, so the biggest thing was when I did her podcast was the message that I wanted to get out while I did hers was that I don't want to have anybody hold anything over my head. So we were talking about the whole party scene, the drug scene, the rave scene, the DJ scene, all that sort of shit. Because I think a lot of people have like, hey, I can't tell that stuff. You know, that's going to negatively reflect my, like, my reputation or whatever. Really don't give a fuck. Who I am is who I am, and that's who I am. I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat it for anybody else. Like, if you want to come talk to me about how we partied for, like, three days fucking in the Caribbean on sailing boats and almost died a couple times in doing so, then I'll tell you all about it. I really don't give a shit. That's experiences I've experienced, so I'd rather people experience those experiences through me. Maybe learn a lesson so you don't have to almost die on a fucking sailing boat in the Caribbean. Uh, okay, Maybe. so I will be asking you about that after this, and uh, it's R-rated. Yeah, no, 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 it's not going to be on the podcast. I, I feel like that's a little bit too much for. No, but that's kind of like the way I, that's that's my approach. Is that I am who I am, so it is what it is. Like that shit happened ten years ago, so why the fuck does it matter to anybody nowadays? Like why? Yeah. Like why would it matter to any 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 like future? Well, I probably would never ever have another boss, but other than myself. But, <laughs> but that's like that's my thought process. It's just like I am who I am. I'm not hiding who I am. So this is what it is. If you don't like it, then fuck off. You can go over there and you can do whatever you're going to do. And you can judge me doing whatever I'm going to do. But I just like doing what I'm going to do. That's what it's about. That's awesome. Cool. All right, yeah. Let's let's slow clap it. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I assume we don't have any more questions, but if anybody does have any other questions, you can you can do that now. Besides fuck, what's your second favorite word? Besides fuck, what is your second favorite word? Mr. Shaken. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Good. Uh, I don't know, man. Now second is rum. Second is rum. Spice from a regular. Black rum is pretty good. Fisherman's Helper. Oh. Fisherman's? Okay. Acceptable. Yeah, Acceptable. Yeah. Okay, great. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Lee, for... What time is it? I don't... Uh, <laughs> it's quarter to ten. Jesus Christ. Okay, so does everybody want to skip the panel, or do you want to do a panel? Do we want to skip the panel? Yeah, we, we want to skip the panel. Everyone has this, like, blank, this blank look it's of, li like... I don't want to disappoint, but no, I don't want to do the. No, no, don't, don't just say no. Fuck. I'm not. I'm not saying. Just say no, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, cool. Like fuck, can I just pass around some shots of vodka and then like we can say no? <laughs> Jesus. Lee, Lee. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you. To sit down and. Sorry and for ranting all of your podcasts, but you know. Seriously, like that's one of my favorite things about you. 
Uh, when I've been able to drive around with you for the past couple days, hearing you kind of just be like, oh, fuck, and like get angry about things is one of the highlights of my day. So yeah. I really appreciate that. For those of you that don't know, just a little side note, I got really <laughs> pissed off today at Bernie and Sanjay and somebody else, Jeff. Hefe. Yeah. Hefe. Yeah, it was not, yeah. Anyways, I got really mad. And then I apologized. Yeah, and that's what's nice about it. Yeah. Um, so thank you all of you for sitting here and listening and just know that wherever you are, okay, this is how I, uh, sign off my podcast. So I'm going to do it now with all of you and just know that even though, okay, you're interrupting me. Oh, yes. Do you actually know how it goes? (laughs) Oh, okay. 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 So here, I'll tell you what I say and then. You and then you'll just say it with me, okay? So I say, wherever you are, just know that I'm sitting here loving you, okay? So let's all say it together, and then I'm gonna cry, and then we're gonna have emotional conversations with each other. Yeah, one practice. We're gonna practice. One practice. There's no way all of us gonna get that one try. I I already forgot it. I already forgot it. Oh, that's true. Okay, it's just know that wherever you are, I'm sitting here, or no, no, no. We're sitting here loving you. Leash, we're sitting here loving you. Just know that wherever you are, we're sitting here loving you. We do one at a time, like just so I Okay. <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> just say it, Ruth. Just know. Okay. Everyone listen. Just know. Just know. That wherever you are, we're sitting here loving you.